Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Amen. We give God praise. My monitor is showing a clock still, so that's why I didn't know we were up. Amen. Listen, I'll tell you, this church is going wild this morning, but we're going to push through and press through. I don't care what it looked like. I'm telling you, God is still good. We still going to give him the praise. We still going to give him the glory. Amen. Listen, welcome, welcome to New Covenant Worship Center. We are live here at the building. Amen. You all on Facebook, YouTube. Listen, I need you to share this morning. I'm telling you, we got an awesome, dynamic word for you that is going to encourage you. It's going to uplift your spirit. And I'm telling you, it's going to bless you. So I need you guys to share this morning. Like, comment. Let's get excited about the presence of the Lord this morning. We're going to open up in prayer. Amen. And just allow God to have his way. And we're expecting God to move in a mighty way. We expect miracles, signs, and wonders on this day. Amen. So those of you all in the building that look so good, let's give the Lord a hand praise. Amen. And if you got two good legs and you don't mind, let's stand on our feet as we welcome the presence of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, give him a hand praise. Hallelujah. Come on, make some noise for your Savior this morning. I know it may be a little cloudy, a little cold this morning, a little rain, but we're going to yet per persevere and press through and give God the glory. So Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning to give you all the praise. We come to bless you this morning. We come to magnify your holy name on today, Father God. And Lord, we just welcome your presence this morning, God. We welcome your grace, your mercy, your power, your authority on today, Father God. And Lord, we just come to tell you that we love you, Father. We come to tell you thank you today, Father God. We thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy on today, God. And Lord, we ask that you fill this place on this morning, God. Fill our hearts this morning, God. Fill this place with your presence, with your joy, God. With your anointing. God, that yoke shall be destroyed and burdens shall be lifted on today, Father God. And Lord, we just come to tell you we love you, God. We come to tell you thank you on today, Father God. Thank you for your peace on today, God. Thank you for your joy, God. Thank you for your love and kindness on today, Father God. And Lord, we ask you to meet us in this service on today, Father God. That Lord, you will move mightily in this place, God. That Lord, we expect miracles today, God. We expect signs and wonders to manifest on today, God. And Lord, we ask you to minister on this morning, God. Minister through your word, God. Minister through song in this place on today, God. Let us begin to participate this morning, God. With the lifting of our hands, God. With the opening of our voice, God. That we will yield and surrender praises unto your mighty name on today, Father God. But Lord, you are worthy of the praise, God. You are worthy of the honor, God. You are worthy of the glory on today, Father God. And Lord, we release your anointing, God. We release your praise today, God. We release your power in this place on today, God. As we lift up healing, God, that we ask for healing on today, Father God, that you will heal and touch, God, every person that's dealing with infirmity and disease in their body on today, God. But you said in your word that by your stripes we are healed on today, God, and we decree strength and our bodies today, God. Heal our minds on today, Father God. Heal our hearts on today, Father God. Heal our spirit man on today, Father God. But those who feel depressed this morning, God, those who are feeling dejected on today, Father God, we ask that you will uplift their spirit on today, God, and bring forth encouragement, God, and bring forth your anointing, God, that you will allow them to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness on today, Father God. And Lord, we lose life in this place, God. We lose the joy of the Lord to be our strength on today, Father God, that Lord, just stirring up this atmosphere, Father God. That Lord, we're going to see your hand move on today, God. We're going to receive a touch from you on today, God. And Lord, we thank you, Father God, that you're healing, God. Those who are dealing with the coronavirus, God. Those who are laid in a hospital bed, God. Those who are on ventilators on this morning, God. Those who are in ICU on today, God. I ask you of supernaturally, God, go in and heal their 
bodies on today, God. Lord, let there not be another death. Let there not be another loss of life to this virus, God. I place a hedge of protection over our homes, God, over our families, God, that every place that we go, God, you're protecting us and watching over us on today, Father God. And we just speak blessings today, God. We speak strength today, God. We lose blessings over marriages, God, over our children, God, over our places of employment, God, that, Lord, you're covering us every step of the way, Father God. And, Lord, we thank you this morning, God, that, Lord, we come to lift you up today, God. We come to exalt you this morning, God. We come to praise and magnify your name on today, God. For you said how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, God. And you said, can we come into the house of the Lord and lift up our voice and lift up our praise? But this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I need some people that really love the Lord this morning to begin to lift up their voice as the sound begins to come and we begin to offer up worship as we begin to offer up our praise on today, God. God said, I'm seeking God, a true worshiper. Those that will worship me in spirit and in truth on today, God. And Lord, we ask you to have your way in this place, God. Lose yourself in worship this morning. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about who's around you. Just begin to go into the presence of God and get what you need this morning. For his glory is here. His anointing is here. His favor is here on this morning, God. Come on as the sound begins to come. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus.
we depend on you, Jesus. We trust you, oh God. Oh, we love you this morning, Jesus. And we praise you, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a way maker, a miracle worker, promise keeper, hallelujah. Light in the darkness, hallelujah. And God, we trust you for it. Come on, can we just worship him in this place? Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, just worship him. Hallelujah. We're so glad to be back in the building. Back in fellowship with our brothers and sisters. And we're only here because he made a way. And Lord, we're so grateful that you made a way, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Listen to this. Hallelujah. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, all over the room, help me sing it. Sing way, make way, maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. We worship you. We worship you. Ooh, we worship you. 
presence this morning. Thank God for his glory, for his anointing, for his power and his favor. I'm telling you, God is just good. Amen. amen. And he's worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. Listen, we're going to move forward in the service. Amen. And we're going to prepare to take our tithes and offering and give on this morning. How many know God is good? Amen. Amen. And it's good to give. Amen. Come on, make some noise. Amen. For our offer this morning. Amen. Listen, God has been good to us. Amen. And so we want to be able to give and sow our tithes and offerings, sow our seed on this morning. So this is family and friends day. We welcome all our family and friends on this second Sunday. And so we're sowing towards our tithes and offering. And we're sowing towards our outreach for 2021. 
Uh, as we are believing God, we're going to bless 10 uh, medical staff workers for uh, their service uh, and what they do, uh, what they did throughout this pandemic. And we want to honor 10 medical staff workers uh, coming here in a few weeks. And so we want to sow into their life and just be a blessing to them and appreciate them in this year of honor. Amen. We've honored seniors. We've honored our veterans. We honor teachers. And so our last uh, honoring for the year will be honoring our medical staff workers, those nurses, those doctors, those people that work in the hospital, amen, uh, on the front lines, amen. Um, we're going to submit 10, we're going to pick 10 names, amen, once we get to that point, and we're going to bless 10 medical staff workers with a $125 uh, blessing, amen. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand. Those of you all who are watching online, uh, you can give online at www.newcovncwc.com. You can click the Give tab and you can select the drop-down box for where you need to give to. And if you don't have that, you can download our Easy Time app, which is absolutely uh, the best thing uh, for you to do. You can keep track of your tithes, your offering, uh, automatically get emails um, with your particular end of the year results and all those various things. And it keeps track of everything for you of how much you've given throughout the year. You can download the app, Easy Time app. You can search for New Covenant Worship Center, Joliet, Illinois, and set up your account, and you'll be good to go. Those of you all who are not tech savvy and not into all of that digital giving, you can use the United States Postal Service, and you can mail your seat to 2423 Glenwood Avenue, Joliet, Illinois, 60435. You can also text to give. That number's on the screen, 815-513-6262. And you can text to give also. So we appreciate those that give, continue to support the ministry as God has truly blessed us uh, in the midst of this pandemic. God has allowed us to continue to keep the doors open, the lights on, the heat going, the air conditioner going, the water going, salaries going, everything going. We're doing outreach. We're doing we've done, uh, two renovation projects during this pandemic. I'm telling you, God has truly favored us and blessed us, and it's all because of your faithful uh, giving, and we appreciate every person that gives and souls into this ministry to help us to continue to move forward. So we appreciate you all. For those of you all who are in the building, if you're ready to give on my right, please proceed from the rear to the front to sow your seed. Those of you all on my left, amen, if you're ready to give, please receive from the rear to the front to sow your seed. Everybody gave that wanted to give. 
Amen. Let's bless the offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the tithe and offering this morning, God. We thank you for every seed that was sown, Father. And we pray that you will continue, the Lord, to bless us, Lord, that we shall receive a 100-fold return on the seeds that were given, God. I pray that those that did not have it to give on today, that they will have it to give on next time, God. And I pray that, Lord, this seed or the offerings and tithes will continue to be used for the work of the ministry, for the building of your kingdom, Father. We love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. It's time for our announcements. Please uh, bring your attention to the monitors, and we're going to have our announcements this morning. Good morning. Minister Ted White here and my wife. Prophetess Victoria. And we're here to encourage all of us saints to come 9 o'clock to 9.45, our Sunday school class. And it's here for us to learn and to have fun, to enjoy and understand God's word. Amen? Amen. And we have a good time. We laugh. We cry, and it's okay if you cry, because when you cry, it washes the soul. But come out and learn how to apply God's word to your everyday life. Amen? Amen. Good morning, this is Brother Thomas. I'm on our way to our wonderful church in Covenant Worship Center. Y'all, it is all good to come back to the building. The more, the merrier. You know that good fellowship helps you out. We feed off each other's joy. And we got the Holy Spirit just boosting us up. We got our Apostle Jonas, Pastor Reese, giving a real dope word. And hey, man, even though COVID is going on, you can still be up in the thing, you know? So come on now. Remember, if you forgot, because I know y'all been online like a mug on Facebook and YouTube, but you come on in at 10 o'clock. That's when the service starts. I just pulled into the parking lot, parking lot right now. Now, let me give you a few. Look, look at this. You remember this? Y'all remember? Look. Let me get the phone. Y'all remember them trees and something back in the parking lot? Some beautiful trees. Hold on, let me turn around and do this so you can see the building. That's the building. It misses you. Way high. Here's the new Covenant Worship Center. All right. We'll be looking forward to seeing you there. Coming back. Everybody, I'm going to start calling our names next video. Y'all won't bet I don't see y'all in the building. Okay. I'm, I will do that. But God bless you. We love you. We have a fabulous time with Apostle Jonas, the deacons are our leadership men that are in the church. We have a fabulous time just opening up and just sharing our thoughts and opinions of things that are going on in our lives. And it's just it's a good time to come to learn how to pray as husbands, as fathers, pray over our households, pray over our, over our wives, over our children. So just join us again on Tuesday, on Tuesday at 8.30 as we, as we, as men fellowship together and we just pray and learn the word of God. Thank you. Wednesdays at 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is our corporate fast and prayer. We're standing in prayer for the kingdom of God and our ministry being debt free. We will be eating fruits, nuts, one small salad, juice, and on Wednesdays, we are having peace in our school prayer. It's at 8.30 p.m. Central Time on Facebook Live at Jonas Jones. We are praying for our students, the schools, and safety in our schools. I am here to invite you out on Thursday night to our Bible study class. Every Thursday night, we have Bible study at 2423 Glenwood Avenue here in Joliet at 6.30 in the evening. Saturday morning at 7 a.m. for a nice dreamless walk with our movement ministry. 
who started by the church and walked to Theodore Street and back. Come join us. Get too enthusiastic, energetic. Come join us for a beautiful walk as we talk as we walk. See you there. It's Sister Natasha. How are you doing this morning? I wanted to come out and personally invite you to come to corporate prayer. We have prayer on the 21st of every month. This month, of course, November 21st. It's at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary. Please come out and join us. Let's bonfire heaven together. You can also go on to our Facebook Live page, on our Facebook page, and as we go live, you can go on our YouTube page as well. Thank you so much. Hope to see you there. Hey, y'all, what's happening? It's Brother Thomas. Hey, check it out. If you don't know, Tony Evans has a movie called Journey with Jesus, which will be premiering uh, November 15th at the Cinemark Theater in Louis Joliet Mall at 7 p.m. But you need to get your tickets in advance. It is destined to sell out. We're trying to get everybody from New Covenant Worship Center to go. And when you get there, we're not all necessarily sitting together, but we're going to be in the building together. All right? So check it out. Tony Evans is one of the dynamic preachers of the ministry for men and everybody else. But you great, man. Yep. Go get your tickets, everybody. Good morning. Y'all give it up for our announcements. Amen. They did an awesome job. We thank God. I'm telling you, God is just good. Amen. It's just good to be in the house of the Lord. You all look amazing this morning. Give yourself a praise, a hand praise. Amen. Listen, uh, one last announcement that I did not put in, um, and I just decided to make sure I was going to decide on this this morning for sure. But um, those of you all who can, Thanksgiving Day, uh, we're going to have a special service. We, As far as I can remember, I don't think we've ever done a Thanksgiving uh, service, but we're actually going to just do communion uh, on Thanksgiving, 9 a.m., right here in the building. Uh, we're going to pray, have communion, have a quick word, 45 minutes, and we're out the door. Um, so if you're willing and you want to come out, um, I'm telling you, it's going to be a blessing. Um, we're going to have communion on that Thursday morning, 9 a.m. Um, that's time for you to get in. You know, most of y'all didn't cook your little stuff last night. And then you need to do, you get up early in the morning, you know, put your ham in the oven. And, you know, by the time you get ready for coming to church, it'll be done. Amen. Just get up a little extra early. You know, that's done. You got your greens was done the night before. You know, all, that's, all, the, all the main stuff is done. On, on Thursday morning, all you should be doing is putting stuff in the oven, warming it up, getting it ready. Amen. Your turkey and that stuff going in the morning. And it's going to be good. Amen. So, listen, come on out. It's going to be a phenomenal service, 9 a.m. on Thanksgiving Day. Won't be any Bible study that night or, or anything on that uh, evening, but we're going to have a Thursday morning, 9 a.m., right here in the building, communion, communion, prayer, and the word, and we're going to go home. Is that all right? Amen. All right. So listen, y'all ready for the word? Amen. All right, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17, I'm in the New Living Translation. Listen, I'm going to close out this series today. Um the Holy Spirit gave me something to start a new series on next week and I'm excited about that and uh, I believe God has he's going to close us out in this year with something really powerful and really good uh, that's going to position us for uh, greatness for 2022 amen so today uh, we're in seed time and harvest this is part 10 of this series we're going to close it out and um, we have definitely uh, learned a lot in this series we've grown uh, to see the various things as it relates to seed time and harvest 
Uh, we talked about the word being sown into our lives every time we come into this building and that our heart has to be right, that nothing can hinder or prevent the word from producing the harvest that we desire and that God has promised us to walk in. And we talked about uh, sowing last week. We were talking about Abram and um, his obedience and how I positioned him for riches, how I positioned him uh, to be able to increase and God just blessing him financially uh, and increasing his household. And so when we see these particular positive uh, seeds that are being sown, we sow obedience, uh, we sow uh, uh, humility, uh, we sow honor, and those things will begin to produce uh, a harvest that will bring forth blessings. Uh, in Bible study, we've been talking and teaching about Joseph and his brothers and, and uh, about him and how he's uh, sown positive seeds and and how it positioned him for greatness and for him to be in position of being uh, second in command to Pharaoh because while he sold obedience, he sold humility, uh, he sold honor to God, and he constantly gave reverence to him, and God's hands was upon his life. And so uh, today, um, I, we've taught this a many a times, but I'm telling you, the Lord uh, revealed some things to me uh, in this passage of scripture that's going to bless us and encourage us on this morning even greater uh, as we talk about Elijah uh, in his particular season of drought and famine and God began to bless him and meet his need. Why? Because he sowed the right seeds and God was sowing into him uh, to produce something and to get something out of Elijah's life. Sometimes we got to go through some stuff in order for that thing to be built up in us and for us to get all of what God has planned for us to receive. Everything is not going to be easy. Everything is not going to be a quick microwave uh, uh, situation or thing. Sometimes there's some things that's going to take some time that we have to build endurance. We have to build perseverance. And we have to look back and, and, and we begin to look back and say, you know what? I thank God that I went through that. I thank God that I was able to overcome that. Because why? It built strength. It built stamina. Uh, it built courage. It built faith and trust in God. So I have to be willing to go through the process to receive all what God has for me. Is that all right? So let's look at 1 Kings 17. I'm in the New Living Translation. I'm going to start reading at verse 1. It says, Now Elijah, who was from Tishba in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Now, what type of power and anointing does this man of God, the prophet Elijah, has where he has prayed and told God to shut up the heavens and there will be no rain until he goes and he begins to pray again for God to open up the heavens and to release the rain. Now, I want you to understand something. As I was studying, I said, one of the things that this is about is that the nation of Israel had begun to worship Baal. They had begun to worship false gods. Uh, and Ahab had brought forth that particular uh, idol worship. And so Baal was a God, was supposed to be a God of the sky and a God of weather. And so he was supposed to be the one that had control of the weather. So here it is, Elijah is putting forth to begin to prove who God is and to begin to prove the power that he represents the true and living God. And so he begins to bring forth a decree and says it's not going to rain. It didn't rain for three years and six months at his word. And because of this, this was proving that if Baal was the God of the sky and he was the God of the weather, he would be able to come and bring rain and not allow the famine to be able to destroy, destroy the people, destroy the crops, and to have them in a place of uh, not having enough. But here it is. He, Elijah represented the true and living God. And so we have to begin to understand who are we representing. And now you got to understand this. Elijah has put himself in a position that he's called for no rain. 
rain, but he's got to go through the famine too. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't it something that, you know, even though, you know, you ask yourself all the time, probably you begin to question, say, God, why I got to go through this pandemic with everybody else? Why I got to be subject to going through the different challenges? And why I got to wear a mask? And why I got to get vaccinated? And why I got my hope and faith and trust is in you, God? Why I got to go through these processes and, and, and be six feet distance and socially distance? You know, why do I have to go through these processes? And see, we don't know the fullness of what God is doing in the earth realm because this pandemic has been released across the earth. The entire world has had to deal with this particular pandemic. And so we don't know the magnitude or we don't know the end result of it. All we know is, is that God, I'm, you're giving us the grace to go through it. And I'm going to trust you through the process. And God will protect us and keep us in the midst of this particular trial, in the midst of this situation. And so now that Elijah has released the decree that there will be no rain, now he finds himself in a place where he needs water. He needs food. He needs to be supplied with the very things to sustain his life. And now we're going to go in and see what God does in his life. Look at verse 2. It says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kibrith, by, by Kibrith Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. Now, I need you to understand something. That word, that Kirith Brook, it said that that word Kirith means dry place, cutting away, or separation. Yeah. So what God was actually doing, he was putting Elijah in a place of separation so that he can begin to de develop a dependency upon God and trusting upon God. How many know that there are some things that we've been put in situations because why? I had to learn how to trust him. I had to learn how to believe his word. I had to learn how to begin to not doubt him and trust in his process. And so now he's at the brook of being cut away, of being set apart because why? God's trying to get him to see see that God is moving in his life and that he's going to take him to another level of authority. See, when you get ready to go to another level, there are some certain things that begin to change in your environment. And so if you will begin to look at your environment and how things are changing, you need to recognize, you know what? I'm getting ready to go higher. I'm getting ready to go to another level. When things start to get in chaos and confusion, and, and the, because why? The enemy's trying everything to block you from getting to your next. And so the enemy was trying to frustrate and get Elijah off focus because he is in a position where he's running from Jezebel, but God has even though he's running from her, God is developing some things in her while he's on the run. See, when you're in a position and God will order your steps and he will lead and guide you, all I have to do is begin to sow obedience and I'm going to begin to receive the harvest of getting everything that I need. Even though there's no rain, even though there's no food, I haven't missed a meal. Even though there has been shortages of various things, nothing is lacking nothing is missing in my house and so you have to believe God and trust God that you know what in the midst of the pandemic some of us have way more than we had before and here it is here it is Elijah's going to experience the exact same thing why because he's obeying God and he's beginning to go forward and by the leading of his voice some of you have God has given you instructions on what to do in this season some of you had to cut back but some of you enjoyed life some of you went to more went on more trips than you've been in your own in your, in your past 10 years. Some of y'all seen more movies and did more, went on more trips and had more fun than you had in 10 years. All during a pandemic. Why? Because that's what God will do. In the midst of the thing that's going on that looks like it's dying, God said, I'll bless the saint and let you know that those that live by the word of the Lord, I don't have to live according 
standard. I'm on another system. I don't abide by that system. I'm under the kingdom of God. I'm under the kingdom of heaven. And so I'm not attached to this system or this culture. I can prosper in the midst of a desert. So, so listen. So listen. So, so here it is. So God was setting Elijah up. And he said, listen, I'm going to feed you from the, I'm going to allow you to drink from the brook. But all that, he said, I'm going to send ravens to feed you. Now, ravens are dirty animals, unclean animals. And you got to understand the culture and the time that we in. And Elijah being a prophet, you're not supposed to have this interaction with unclean things. And but God has chosen the unclean thing to feed you because what God is doing is uncommon to natural laws. Will supersede the laws of the land and he'll begin to allow you to do something to them that sounds crazy, to them it sounds foolish, to them it sounds unwise. But God said, I'll instruct and give a word to the raven to come and feed you. Do you not know that God has control of the fish of the sea and the fowls of the air? That he can begin to speak to the raven and he'll instruct them at the noonday and at the evening time to come and drop something in Elijah's mouth. I believe God today that when you look around and you're trying to find out God who's going to open up the door for me who's going to make a way for me God will take the very least likely person that you could imagine and they'll touch their God will touch their heart and say I chose you today I'm going to bless you today I'm going to open up the door for you today when everything else was failing when everything else was falling apart because you sowed seeds of obedience because you sowed seeds of righteousness God said I'm going to look out for you I'm going to heal you I'm going to keep you protected that thing won't come now your dwelling. I believe the blood is upon the doorpost and I decree and declare that the death angel has to pass over. You won't have no place here. Why? Because I've been giving and I've been sowing and I've been believing and I've been trusting and I know that you're going to supply my need. So it goes on in verse 5. He said, so Elijah did as the Lord told him. This is key because if you don't do as the Lord is instructing you, you won't reach the place of your destiny and the thing that God is trying to get to you. And sometimes the enemy will, will present so much, uh, uh, so much challenge that we feel as though it's not worth it. It's too hard. I don't want to have to go through that. I don't want to have to endure that. God, why you can't take me the other route? But you got to realize that God is building something in you along the way. He said, so Elijah did as the Lord told him, and he camped beside Kirith, the Kirith Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Now, he's decreed no rain. And now, he's suffering as a result of the word that he's released. But because... He's the true prophet that's left in this nation of Israel. God said, I'm going to speak to you and I'm going to supply your needs. I'm going to provide for you regardless of what's going on around you. I'll make a way for you. Now, he tells him the next thing in verse 8. He said, after that place is dried up, he said, after I've cut away the various things that need to be cut away at this particular Kirith Brook, after I've begun to get you to a place I got your attention and you obeyed my instruction and you did what I told you to do, he said, look at verse 8. 
Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Seraphath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Now, Sidon is where Jezebel's folk from. So he's going into a land of Gentiles. He's going into an unfamiliar territory. He's going into a land that's not necessarily welcoming of the true prophet. But God said, I got a, somewhere for you to go in Zarephath. I got a woman that's there that's going to feed you. All I need you to do is go. Oh my God. He said, go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Now, you got to understand. You mean tell me, God, you want me to, the brook dried up. I'm going to leave here. And you're going to send me to a widow in a foreign land. Now, a widow already is in a bad situation. She doesn't have much, but you're telling me to go to her and take from her. Oh, my God. See, let's, let's keep reading the story. In verse 10, it says, so he went to Zarephath. He went. He obeyed. See, when we obey his instruction, God positions us for the next. And he's dealing with Elijah in step-by-step principles. And see, sometimes we're so, we, we get so caught up because we want God to show us the whole picture. We want God to show us the full detailed route of how he's going to take us. But we have to trust God every step of the way. We don't know how God is going to do it. We don't know how he's going to uh, plan that thing out, how he's going to position it. But we have to just follow the steps. And so he told me, he said, so he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. Now, I want you to identify with how poor this widow was. Now, it wasn't raining, so there was famine, and there was a shortage of different food and supplies. But it didn't say anything about it, it was a shortage of wood. She brought scraps of sticks to try to make this fire. This is how poor she was. This is how uh, less fortunate fortunate she was and, and, and how God had sent him to this particular person who would be least likely, you would think in the natural, that would be willing to share and give out of what she has when she has nothing. And so it goes on, it says in verse 12, but she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I, only, I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. Now look at what she's preparing. Look at what she's sowing. She's getting ready to sow her last meal and die. This is, what, this is where her faith is right now. She doesn't see anything beyond this last meal. She doesn't see any way that she can gain any more bread, get any more flour, get any more food to sustain life. So she said, I'm going to make this meal and we're planning to die. Because if this famine continues to go on, we can't live without water and food. We're going to eventually die. So this is what her mind, in her mind, this is what she has a position to do. And this is what she's chosen to do. Because nothing else is happening. Nothing else is moving. Nothing else is going on. She can't go to the supermarket. She can't go to the local grocery store, the Kmart, the Walmart. Everything is empty. It's desolate. And so now, here it is. She's run across the man of God. And the man of God is getting ready to give her instruction. But in verse 13 it says, But Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. See, the first thing he had to deal with her with is to deal with the fear. Because she was afraid that if I release my last to you, it won't be enough for us. And sometimes 
when you're at your last, the Bible says that when that particular woman gave her two mites, that she gave more than everybody when Jesus was at the place and he saw the people giving the offering. He said she's giving more because she's got a, she's giving out of what she didn't have. She's giving a sacrificial offering. And sometimes when you have nothing, you got to be in a position to trust God enough to say, God, I'm releasing this because I expect you to multiply it. I expect you to bring increase to it. I expect you to add to it. They said, what do you have here amongst these 5,000 men and children and women? He said, all we have is two fish and five loaves. He said, well, listen, sit the people down, organize them. And he said that he took the two fish and the five loaves and he offered up and gave thanks to God. And the Bible says that they all ate and there were 12 baskets left over. I'm here to let you know that what you put in God's hand, God will allow it to increase and multiply. You can't look at it in the natural because my hands don't have the capability, the power to bring forth multiplication. But the little that I put in the master's hand will become much. And so God had begun to speak to Elijah. He said, if you cannot be fearful, I'll bless you. If you trust me, I'll bless you. If you believe, I'll bless you. So I need you to don't be afraid. See, you got to begin to deal with the first thing at hand. He could have been telling her, listen, just go and do what I said and you'll be blessed. No, he said, don't be afraid. Because I need you to calm down. And I need you to trust what I'm saying, saying to you. Now, I need you to understand something. It's a famine going on. I'm about to cook my last biscuit. And me and my son about to die. And you think I'm supposed to trust you from I don't know who? I ain't never seen you before. I don't know you. I ain't going to go there. That's an inside joke with me and Pastor Me. I ain't going to go there. I don't know you. Y'all thought I was false. See, that's, what, that's what Prophet Elijah was saying. He thought, you know, he, he wanted to clear up some things. He said, don't be afraid. He said, go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. Uh-huh. Now, 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 this is the key. He said, make it for me first. Yeah. So in other words, this is what he's saying. Elijah is representing God. And what he's trying to get her to understand, how many of us are going to put God first? Or are we going to put everything else after God? And so when you put God first, he'll begin to do the miraculous. He'll begin to do the supernatural. He'll begin to do what you can't even figure out and how to work it out. He'll begin to do what you, what you can't even imagine if you put him first. He said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. Now, Elijah's already saying something to her that probably don't make sense. She said all she had was enough for her and her son. Now, how is it that when I feed you first, I'm going to have something left? Come on. But see, Elijah is not speaking based on what he sees in the natural on based on what she's telling him. See, he hasn't seen the cornmeal. He hasn't seen the particular amount of flour. He's just going off what he heard. See, this is why you can't allow people to talk you out of your blessing, out of your destiny, when you begin to speak your vision, speak your dream, and you begin to allow people to get into your particular thing that you believe in God for, and then you allow them to come in and say, that ain't going to work, that ain't going to happen, you can't do that, how you going to begin, God ain't doing that, it's a pandemic, what you going to start a business for, how you going to be blessed in all this stuff that's going on, no you got to believe what the man or woman of God is telling you. It says, then use the left was, then use what's left to prepare for me a meal for yourself and your son. Verse 14. For this is what the Lord, the God.
the God of Israel says. Now, here it is. Elijah's about to make a proclamation and a declaration of what the Lord is saying. He said, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Oh, whoa, whoa, man. Wait a minute. So, you just release something on me that's going to take faith to activate. So, so a woman has to make a decision. Am I going to release my faith in what the man of God is telling me in order to receive what he's saying? Because the only thing that's going to get me to this place of overflow is believing the word of the Lord. It's believing what the man of God has spoken to me. He said there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and crops grow again. He said you're going to have enough throughout the famine. Yes, thank you, Jesus. If you feed me first. If you believe what I'm telling you. If you trust and have faith in what I'm saying and who I represent. See, you see, you got to understand that Elijah is representing the true and living God. And he has power and authority. And he'll begin to speak some things and some things will begin to happen. So at verse, verse 15. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for what? Many days. Many days. Now, if Elijah is not obedient to go to Seraphim, he won't eat. And if he's not obedient to go to Seraphim, he won't run into the widow woman and sustain her life so that his, her family can eat. So you, she didn't know because she was ready to die. She didn't know that God was sending somebody that was going to save her life. He was sending somebody from a whole nother country, from a whole nother land. Somebody will find you. Somebody will look you up and say, I had to get here. I had to come and bless you. I had to come and put this at your feet. I had to come and release this word to you. You never know how God will begin to move. You all remember, man, about a few months ago when the young lady came here, I believe she's Sister Inez, your cousin that came in here. She came in. She said, I had to get here. It was almost the end of service. And she came in and started sowing seeds into people's lives. Because God had directed her. We ain't seen her since. But she came in and she said she was on assignment. And God told her to come in here and sow. And she did what she was called to do. And God said, when she, and she told her, she said, before she left, she said, it's the millions that held up for me. And she said, when those things are released, I'm coming back. So I believe that when it's released, we'll see her again. But she just came to plant seed in the soil so we'll know what God has the act. We're in expectation of what she'll do and what God will do through her. Because God touched her heart on that day and she was obedient to it. And see, you got to recognize those small things that will begin to happen around you. And how God is setting you up for your blessing. He's setting you up for your increase. You just can't throw it to the side and say, what happened to that lady? She was just came in here like a whirlwind and she came and did these things and I ain't never seen her before. Seen her before and I never seen her again. But God has an opportune time and a set time to release what he wants to do in his time. Listen, we got to hurry and close this thing out. Where we at? 15? So she said to Elijah, so she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Listen, it was through Elijah. See, see, God needs vessels in the earth to work his miracles. Yes, sir. 
He needs mouthpieces that will begin to declare and release the word. This is why you have to you have to be serious and take it important. When the Lord is releasing something, he may give me a word. He may give some of the prophets and ministers something to the word, and he's releasing it to you. You got to believe God and trust God that God's going to manifest that thing. God's going to do that thing. I don't know the timing of it, but I just believe it's going to happen. And God will begin to fulfill that thing. Listen, let's keep going. We got to close it out. It says, sometime later, the woman's son became sick. And he grew worse and worse, and finally he died. Then she said to Elijah, oh man of God, he said, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sin, to kill my son? Now, here it is. Elijah has another opportunity to prove who God is. <laughs> See, this is where we miss it at. See, when we dealt adversity, this is just another opportunity for God to show up. This is just another opportunity for God to be glorified and magnified. I know you're murmuring about the situation. I know you complain about it. And you sit there and figure out why I got to go through this. Why I got to endure this. Why does this have to happen to me? But this is another opportunity to show forth God's glory. To show forth his favor. He said, but Elijah replied, give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying. And laid the body on his bed. And then Elijah cried out to the Lord. Oh Lord, my God. Why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? And he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer. Now, this is key. If you're not following God's instructions step by step and yielding to his voice, how is he going to know that you hear him? How is he going to know and recognize your voice when you need him? When y'all missing this thing. When he prayed, God heard his voice and he yielded to his prayer because he recognized his voice. How many of us are in a position where God can recognize our voice? He can recognize our prayer language. He can recognize and know our prayer time. He said, oh, that's prophet so-and-so. Or that's sister such-and-such. That's brother such-and-such. Why? Because you meet him there at 5 o'clock on Wednesday. Or you meet him there at 7 o'clock on Thursday. And so when you have a dedicated prayer life, God can recognize your voice. But if you will not put a seed of prayer in the ground, he can't hear you. He won't recognize you and he won't respond. And so I'm encouraging you today, you better sow some prayers and sow a relationship like Elijah did and start communicating with your daddy. You just can't talk to him through me and being your representation of your apostle. You gotta begin to get to know him for yourself because there's gonna be a time and a season where I won't be available. The evangelist won't be available. The intercessor won't be available. I thank God for Deacon Jerry that in the late and the midnight hours when he was challenged and his wife was getting going through health challenges. He didn't call me up at 2 a.m. and say, Apostle, can you pray and touch and agree with me? He got on his face and he said he began to call on the name of the Lord like he had never prayed before. He said, and then he started praying in tongues like he ran out of English. Jesus. And he said, eventually, he said, as I kept being, I kept going in, I kept praying. He said, I started sweating. He said, I was just praying. He said, I never prayed that hard. He said, God, you got to do something. God, you got to break this. God, you got to move. God, you got to do it. God, you got to move. God, you got to do it. And as he continued to pray, and his, and his prayer was fervent. Because the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. See, there was fire with his prayer. There was heat with his prayer. And God began to hear that thing. He seen his, his commitment. He seen his fervency. He said, okay, Deacon Jerry, I hear your voice. I'm going to 
thing in her body and God begin to bring forth restoration to her breathing and God begin to heal. Why? Because he was committed to opening up his mouth. He was committed to beginning to communicate with God on his own. He said, listen, I can't call on nobody right now. It's not the hour. Nobody's available. But I'm up right now and I know you up, Jesus, because you are omnipresent. You never sleep nor you slumber. You're going to hear my prayer because I need a breakthrough. I need a miracle. I need to be delivered. And I tell you to get that type of tenacity and get in the face of God and tell God you need to hear my voice. I'm going to come before you today, tomorrow, Wednesday, the next day, until you respond because I need an answer. Can I just be straight up with y'all right now and be free? I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? I was laying in my bed this morning. And, and, and sometimes it's laying in bed. And this is how I talk to God. I said, it'd be early morning. I said, good morning, God. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Ghost. I say hello to everybody. I said, this is, your, this is Jones. I said, I hope everything is good with y'all. He said, and I said, I need a word for the people today. And I need you to give me wisdom on what to minister. I said, God, and then after that, I said, God, what's my next series? I said, I need, I need, I need, you, to, I need you to begin to speak to me and give me what to share. And then on top of all that, my shoulder was hurting. And I was laying, I had laid in the wrong position. I was laying on the other side and it started hurting. I said, I can't lay over there. And the Holy Spirit reminded me. He said, won't you just ask God to remove the pain? I'm sitting there still talking to God. I said, God, remove the pain. I rolled back up on that side. The pain was gone. I, I'm telling you, and this is this, I'm, this, this real life, this is how I'm talking to God. This is how I'm having this conversation. And he kept and he told me, he said, and he gave me the word for the for the next series. He said, I mean, I wrote it down because I don't want to misquote it. One second. Uh-oh. He said, I got to have it. And I kept hearing it. I got to have it. I said, okay, God. I said, well, got to have what? Because the it can represent a lot of various things. He said, I got to have it. He kept saying and I kept saying, I said, I'm a, I'm a, I got to remember this. So I kept repeating in my head. I got to have it. I got to because I didn't want to forget. I got to have it. I was about to get up and write it down. I got to have it. And I, I just kept replaying so I wouldn't forget it. Then I got up then I got my phone. I put it in my notes. I got to have it. And then he said, you got to have what? You got to have the anointing. So the it is the anointing. So that's our next series. I just gave you a, a pre-crew. I just gave you a little snippet. I gave you a, 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 you know, a trailer of what's to come. He said, I got to have it. I need you to tell somebody, I got to have it. And I, I need the anointing. I need the anointing. I need the anointing. So that's next week. I got to have it. And I just said, God, thank you. I got up, went on, studied my stuff, got my stuff. And I said, God, you are amazing. But that's how I trust him. That's how I believe in how he'll speak. And I have to know. And see, if I don't, if I don't take the opportunity to even ask God, how am I going to know he heard my voice? So you can't be afraid just to talk to him. I'm telling you, it's many a days, many a mornings I'm waking up. I say, hey God, hey Jesus, and hey Holy Ghost. I talk to every, all three of them. 
I said, I'm here. Because I need some, I might need something from each, each, each one of them. I don't know what, what I might need. I need some Holy Ghost. I need some spiritual. I need you to speak to me, Holy Ghost. Jesus, I need you to do something. God, I need you to do something. And y'all sitting here like, this joker is crazy as a road lizard. I'm going to tell you and I'm going to tell it again. I'm going to keep doing it. Because if you read further on, oh my God, I got to close. You read further on about Elijah. He went on ahead and he began to deal with the false prophets. He began to take them out. And he began to prove to Israel who the true God was. He called the prophets out there. He said, now y'all go get an ox. And he said, y'all go bring them. And we're going to begin to offer this offering and offer this sacrifice and we're going to burn this thing on the altar. He said, now, if your God is so who he is, call down fire. And I begin to and call down fire and if fire come, then your God is God. They had about 450 prophets sitting around trying to call down fire. And Elijah waited for them to go through. He, 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 he let them go first. Yeah. He said, because there's so many of y'all, y'all yeah. go first. Yeah. Come on. And then he turned around and he said, now, I'm going to go ahead and get my ox. And I'm going to get my stuff. He said, but I want you to take the wood and I want you to pour water on it. Yes, and they poured water on it three times. Come on. Yes, Take the picture. And then he made a trench. Yeah. And he put some seeds in the trench. And then he said, look, y'all watch. And he began to pray. He said, God, if you be the God of the true and living God, I'm paraphrasing the story. He said, bring down fire to begin to burn the sacrifice. And the Bible says that not only did the fire burn the sacrifice, but it burned up the rocks. It burned up everything that he had built in the altar. Because why? God was putting him in a position that God needed to be glorified. God needed to be magnified. God needed to be proven that your idols that you're worshiping are no match for the true and living God. You need to know. I don't care what they come and tell you. I don't care how many people come and tell you how Jesus looked, how he smelled, what you need to do, how much sage you need to burn, how many incense you need to burn, how many chants you need to say. If it's not the name of Jesus, it's false. It ain't real. It ain't true. It ain't the true and living God. You need to begin to believe on the name of Jesus. And God has miracles behind his name. He got signs and wonders behind his name. When the idols had to come and they would call on didn't no fire come. They said that thing began to not have nothing happen. And Elijah made even better. He said he wet the wood. What, what, what wood you know that's wet that catches fire? What would you know that's wet that catches fire? That's the type of anointing I want to walk in. That's the type of glory I want to experience. That's the type of power that I want to possess. I want to begin to decree and declare and see miracles happen. See things happen out of the ordinary that God will prove himself to be mighty and strong. Oh my God. That's our time. He said... He stretched himself out of the child three times and, tried, and cried out to the Lord, Oh Lord, please let this child life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer and the life of the child returned and he revived. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Listen at this, 24, and we're closing. Then the woman told Elijah, 
Now I know for sure that you are a man of God and that the Lord truly speaks through you. She had been proven without a shadow of a doubt that who Elijah was working for and who he was serving was in a position to prove that God truly was who he is and who he says he was. And that's what God would do in our life. He would allow us to have experiences that you know what, God? I know you're real. I know couldn't nobody do this but you. I know nobody could heal but you. I know nobody could deliver but you. I, I thank God for miracles. I thank God for healing. I thank God for deliverance. I went out with, let's, we close. We, we done, we done with the book. <clears throat> I went out with some friends of mine from when we first started in ministry 20, over 25 years ago. And I saw a few of them, it was about five of us. And one of the young men, he was younger than us, but I found out he wasn't that young. young. He's only 10 years, 11 years younger than I am. But when we were in church, he was a little boy. And he talked about how at 18 years old, this particular uh, disease, I can't recall the name of it, but it caused him, he was in the hospital already because he had been sick. He had came home from school because his sickness, he thought he had the flu. They couldn't figure out what was going on. But while he was in the hospital, he became paralyzed from the neck down. And it was some disease that, that they call, I can't remember the name of it. And so he was paralyzed, could not move. But they had his mom and his dad, pastors, praying people. They had people praying all the time. And they were believing God. And in three months, he was up walking on the walker. And the doctor said people that have this disease normally don't start any type of signs of recovery to a year or a year and a half later. They were in a, they were in amazement that after three months, he was up walking on the walker. And then he said he beat cancer twice. And he's only 35 years old. I'm telling you, the miracle working power of God is real. And if you believe and trust in that power of prayer and begin to cry out unto the Lord, God will sustain, he'll meet your needs. And this word blessed me because it was some things, it spoke to me personally because God was reminding me and he was encouraging me. And see, sometimes we don't realize that when the prophetic anointing is upon your life, that it's some stuff you got to go through because there's, a, there's the anointing of the prophetic on your life. And see, the enemy comes after that assignment. He comes after that gift. He comes to try to discourage because this is what he was doing to Elijah. He was trying to discourage him. He was trying to get him to doubt. He was trying to get him to a place of fear. And so you got to realize that when the assignment is upon your life, Life and the call is on your life that there's going to be some things that's going to be thrown at you that you cannot even imagine you don't even understand why is it coming why because the enemy's trying to thwart and he's trying to get you to give up he's trying to get you to throw in the towel but I said God I thank you for the encouragement I thank you for the revelation because I'm going to continue to press forward I'm going to continue to go through and continue to give you the glory and magnify your holy name come on give the Lord a hand praise We give God glory. We thank God for the word. Listen. Every Wednesday we have prayer for peace in our schools. But I'm praying for children and praying for our young people. And we're just praying and believing God. 15 minutes every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. on Facebook Live. Young people, this week, um, two kids at one school committed suicide. One kid at another school committed suicide, locally here in the Joliet area, Manuka area. And over the past couple of months, five 
young boys total have committed suicide. 16, 17, 18 years old. It's too much going on in the spirit realm for us to be arguing and fussing about other crazy stuff that don't matter. And the enemy will have us all focused. I'm telling you, it's so much stuff that you, if you, when, I'll I, I be on social media and see stuff, people arguing, talking about, I said that first. I was the first one to get that prophetic word. Who cares who said it first? If you say it after them, it don't matter. Okay. God can speak to more than one person. When we have young people that are dealing with tragedies and, and, and so many issues and so many things and so many, so many, so much crazy stuff. You got kids when their parents put gasoline on trying to set them on fire. Just crazy stuff. And we arguing and we fussing about this and that in the church and that and this and that. Can we get in prayer and agreement to stand because the enemy is trying to snatch this generation? That stuff that happened at that Travis Scott concert, that's a planned, demonic, devised plan of the enemy. And we have to be mindful. They are traps that are being set so subtly for our young people through the music. And you will listen to those things. They talk about all the all these things that create death. I've never seen so many people. Y'all glorify death and sadness and everything is so, you know, we're going to pop pills and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Who, who does? When is So we have to be mindful and be prayerful. Talk to our young people. Communicate with them. Find out where their head is. What's going on? What's happening? And sometimes we can do all that and it still may not be enough. But we have to just be mindful and prayerful. Stand in agreement and believe God. Amen. I just want to share that because we got to stay prayerful and praying about that. Amen. Listen, um, get a seed in your hand. We're going to sow. This might be your first time here. You'd be like, I knew they was going to take up a third offer, second offer. No, that's not what we do here. But we just going to sow a seed. see my Facebook post from last Sunday um, I went into Jewel and uh, and Brother Xavier works at the Jewel and so when I got in line it was kind of later later that night and I got in line I had some some sparkling grape juice so now automatically when I'm in this line I'm already the Holy Spirit mentioned me I said now, I got this bottle that looked like wine. I said, I'm going to Xavier's line. He bagging groceries. I said, Xavier, he's going to look some kind of way. So 
before I just, you know, play out, I, I just wanted to you know, see this thing play out, see how it was going to roll. I wish I would have just turned my camera on just to, just to, just while I was in the line, just to, for y'all to get the full effect of his response. So I, so I put the stuff on the belt, and it's coming down the belt, and it get down there to the end. This the bottle of sparkling wine. This Xavier looking at the wine, looking at me, looking at the wine, looking at me. And he started. He, he put it up to us. He started. He started reading. He said, "You know, he trying to see what is this." I said, "I said, Xavier, I said it's non-alcoholic." He said, "No word." And he said, "I'm about to say, what's going on, That's, baby? That that thing, that thing was so funny." But you gotta realize and understand that you never know who's watching you. Now, Xavier honors me and he respects me and he he esteems me highly as his pastor. Now, if I would have had in that line some alcohol, some liquor, that would have tainted my witness to him. And see, sometimes we think that that's nothing. You know, we think, you know, I'm grown, I can do what I want to do. Well, you are grown, you do what you want to do. But you got to be careful because you don't never know. This is a young person. How he, it would affect him if his apostle was in line buying six packs of big liquor and Hennessy and all other stuff. And I would have told him, he would have looked at the water and seen the alcohol in there. And I would have just been sitting there and like, well, hey, I'm grown, I can do what I want to do. Now, he would have went home and then he would have been like, what's going on? That's my pastor. I mean, he, he, what's wrong, Wayne? And I, if that's your choice to do, I'm not knocking that. That's your business. But I'm telling you that you have to be mindful and careful because you don't ever know who's watching. He could have been in the back of the grocery store somewhere and walked by after they was somebody else's back in the grocery store and he could have seen me with all my Hennessy at the counter. Be like, hey, pastor. Some of us need to recognize and understand what it costs to be in leadership. And you have to be mindful because I don't want to hinder, I don't want to be a stumbling block for anyone. And that's sometimes what we have to remind ourselves. I don't want to be a stumbling block to somebody. But that was so funny. I, I, I was just, it was, it was hilarious because he was looking at that bottle. He, he was reading. He, was see. he said, this, what's, what's really going on? And he said, what is this? I said, it's not alcoholic. And we just, he was like, I'm about to say. <laughs> Boy. Thank you, Xavier, for making my day. I'll tell you, that blessed me last Sunday. Yeah, I appreciate you. But uh, the woman of God right here in the black, stand up real quick. You. Yeah. She's my family. She, that's your family. Well, welcome to Family and Friends Day. God allowed you here today for a purpose. And the things that were shared today ministered to you, encouraged you. But God wants you to know that he wants you to trust him even the more. He wants you to depend on him, rely on him. And everything that you do, put him in it. Everything that you make has to have to make decisions concerning, he said, put him in it. God said, invite him in. That's basically what he said, invite him into every situation. And God is going to begin to prove to you even the more of his kindness, of his love, of his mercy towards you. And he is going to continue to open doors and supply all of your needs. 
God has blessed you and God wants to continue to bless you, but he wants you to know that he's, he is concerned about you and that he hears you and he wants you to be able to be in a position to seek him and to trust him like never before. He said, just invite him into your situation and watch God begin to give you the peace that you desire, the rest that you desire. And God said, just trust me and walk with me and believe me. And I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. God bless you. Sister Tiffany, stand up real quick. When you move something happened and some things broke off of you and it was necessary that you moved at the time that you moved and how God led you to move and even where in the area and the place that he's, he's placed you at and God said because you obeyed and because you left and because you moved forward God said I am going to begin to do a new thing and I'm going to begin to expose you and I'm going to begin to open up and begin to show you off and to give you the favor that you deserve. Because so many people wrote you off, so many people threw you to the side, so many people said that you know you didn't have it, you know, you, you, you don't, you don't, you, you just ain't got it, you know. And they looked at you based on the shell that you're in, but they didn't realize what was on the inside of you. They didn't realize the gifting that was on the inside of you. And so because that thing had been hidden in the shell that you carry, people misinterpreted you. People misunderstood you. But now they're beginning to see because why? God has allowed some things to be broken because you shifted and because you moved and, and you took you took that leap of faith and you said, God, I gotta do something different because I need something different from you. And because you want it and desire something new, God said, I'm gonna continue to order your steps and I'm gonna expose you and I'm gonna allow you to be able to be seen at the at, a, at, at the next level. So God said, be ready. He said, He said, just be ready. He said, be ready as God is pushing you and he's moving you forward. He said, don't allow your shell to hinder you. Oh my God. He said, don't allow your shell to hinder you. What he's created you to walk in, this outward shell, he said, because what's on the inside of you is much and people have a desire and they realize, I need that. I need that from Sister Tiffany. I need that particular area. I need that out of her. And God is going to continue to encourage you. He said, walk with your head up. Don't be ashamed. He said, walk with your head up. Don't be ashamed. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. And we give God the glory. Come on, give God a hand praise. Tyler, give me one thing you believe in God for. New car. A new car. You believe in God for a new car. So, you believe in God for a new car. The Holy Spirit said, even before you, I asked you what you would believe in God for, but God said, next week, When you come in here, he says, sow a seed 
Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be a seed to sow into the ministry. If the Lord leads you to sow into somebody's life, whatever it may be. I'm, I'm giving you instruction because you got to believe God. And when you sow the seed, whatever the Holy Spirit puts in your heart to sow, and you sow it and say, I'm believing God for my car. Sow that seed in faith. And God is going to begin to now position and line things up so that that thing can open up for you. And that when he opens it up, you're going to know that it's him. It won't be a struggle. It won't be a burden for what he wants to do. And because you, you opened up and you said, listen, this is what I'm believing God for. We're going to stand in agreement. So now lift your hands where you're at. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for Brother Tyler. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to bless him. You're going to open up the door for him a new car. That you're going to begin to supply all of his needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you open the door for him to be here in this season, in this time, in this place, God. I pray the Lord, everything that you have for him, that he will receive it in this place. Everything that needs to be poured into him in this season, he will be open to receive it. And God, I pray that you meet his every need. And I pray that you begin to prove yourself to him. I decree and declare that the word will be made manifest and he's going to see this thing come to pass. I decree and declare that you're going to favor him. You're going to bring him increase on his job. You're going to begin to favor him with his supervisors. That everything is going to begin to work out his divine will and divine favor. And he will ask whatsoever he chooses to ask for. I call for confidence in him. He will not be in a place to be timid or drawn back. But God, I speak yes. boldness over his life. And he will begin to ask what he desires. And I pray that you will begin to grant it unto him. And that he will walk in faith and believe your word. I decree it and I believe it and we stand in agreement here today and it's going to be done in Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. Alright, that's our time. We got to get out of here. Um, the young lady who I asked to stand up, can you stand up again? Now I'm going to ask you, can you greet us and, and tell us your name, who invited you out and all that good stuff. Amen. Well, we're sowing into your life today, so receive this seed. I don't know you. I ain't never seen you before in my life. But the Holy Spirit told us to sow. This is what we do here. I'm just being obedient. So God bless you. Receive. Amen. Now, did y'all hear that? Don't miss it. I mean, Kurt, they were doing outreach. They did Operation Off. Victoria and Prophet Ted, Mr. Ted and Prophet Victoria. They did Operation Off a few weeks ago. I asked doing Operation Off, take a picture of whoever we blessed, and we posted. Every month, we bless somebody with $50 from Walmart. She saw the post. And she said, they doing something, you know, maybe everybody's not doing. Let me go see what that's all about. So a $50 seed brought forth, that's you, those are two children. So three people came into worship with us and visit us because of a seed that was sown, that was posted on Facebook. The seed wasn't sown into her that day, but then look when God brings her in because she saw us sowing in somebody else's life, God said, I'm gonna sow it in your life because you came and obeyed my voice to come into the service. Now, I didn't know any of that, but what I just prophesied to her had just manifested because I said God is trying to prove himself to you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get you to see the power of God and the manifestation of his word right in front of our eyes. You see how God orchestrated that? I ministered to her and told her God's going to prove you. He's going to supply you. He's going to do this and that. And then she gets up and says, how she, how she got here? That's what God will do. And we just have to be obedient to what we're doing, what God has called us to do. And Jesse and Ashanti, uh, before you leave today, see me real quick. Um, listen, we get ready to go home, y'all. That's all I got. Now, Pastor needs reminding me this, so I'm going to just be obedient and then we're going to leave. Um, come on up, Minister Oliver, and give him a mic. I want you to give some words of encouragement just to close us out. Something to leave on, leave on our mind and then dismiss us. Words of encouragement. Two simple words. Always believe. Never doubt. Always believe. And when you ask for something, ask as if you already received it. As if you already received it. Now it's hard for people to imagine asking for something that they already have, right? So how can I ask for something when I don't have it? Ask as if you already received it and believe that you will receive it. It's kind of twisted up, isn't it? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? First, you're asking me to ask for something and believe that I've already received it when I don't have it. And then say, believe that you're going to receive it. Does that make sense? No, not to us. But God uses foolish things to confound the wise. See, we think we have it all figured out. We think we have all the answers. But we don't. The blessings that we receive are already there for us. They were prepared for us. We just hadn't realized it yet. Does that make sense? We just talked about that today in Bible study. When we study the book of Revelation, it reads as if it already happened. But to us, it hasn't. But God doesn't operate on our time. He's telling us how this thing is going to look and how it's going to be when we realize it. But you always have to believe. If you don't believe, you won't receive. The Bible says, believe, then receive. Always believe and a, and a testimony that I have is you know I've been I've been caring for my mother and she's gone through quite an ordeal in the last five six months or so in the hospital twice in and out of rehab twice a number of issues 
health issues. You know, I count it all joy because my mother is 87 years old. And I hear the story about a 30-something year old who's beat cancer twice and who knows what. And some folks younger, you see stories of younger kids, little kids, suffering and struggling. So, you know, woe is me. Feel sorry for my mother because she's dealing with some health issues at 87. I should be so lucky. We should be so lucky. But it's a testimony to what God can do because not too long ago she couldn't even stand. Now she can walk. She wasn't eating and the dietary reports were not good. Now they're all improved and they show, you know, they got it all charted out and showing all the increases and improvements. And no matter what I say I did for her, I cannot take the credit. It was God's work through me. It is the spirit that works through us to achieve his purpose. It is the spirit that works through us to achieve his purpose. We can't say we did anything. It's by the grace of God. But by the grace of God, there I go. It is in him that I live and have my being. Always believe and don't brag or boast. No. Don't brag or boast. I did thus and so. We talked about that in Sunday school today as well. Don't brag or boast because we can't even save ourselves. The story in the Bible, the apostle says, well, you know, who can be saved? Who can be saved? We are saved by grace and not of works. Who can boast? I can't say I did thus and so and therefore I am saved. No. That's a fallacy. And if anybody tells you that, mm -mm, read it for yourself. We talked about that. Y'all need to come to Bible study. Come to Bible study. Thank God for everybody who was here today. It's by the grace of God that we are here. He allowed us the opportunity. So, Father in heaven, we thank you for the word today. Father, we thank you for everyone who was able to make it out today and those who were not. For the sick and the shut-in, Father, we ask that you would touch and, you, and that you heal them from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. Father, teach us to believe, to believe in you and your word, and that you will do what you said you will do, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Strengthen us, Father. Help us to endure. Now unto him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. In him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen.